I'd like to read uh, from Yogananda's Whispers from Eternity. I hadn't intended to read the one that I am going to read, but <clears throat> as I was saying the words mentally to myself, I was overwhelmed by the relevance. So I'm going to read uh, from Yogananda's poem, Samadhi. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a long poem. Um, I'll read just the beginning part. But... <clears throat> Truly savor these words, they're, they're uh, a very powerful teaching. Vanish the veils of light and shade, lifted every vapor of sorrow. Sailed away, all dawns of fleeting joy, gone the dim, sensory mirage. Love, hate, Health, disease, life, death, perished these false shadows on the screen of duality. Waves of laughter, scillas of sarcasm, melancholic whirlpools melting in the vast sea of bliss, the storm of Maya stilled by magic wand of intuition deep. <clears throat> For those of you who aren't familiar with that poem, I highly recommend, as Yogananda did, that you frequent it with regularity. It very powerfully uh, cuts through a lot of the uh, seeming discrepancies and incongruities of this world. It's interesting to note and to recall that Yogananda wrote this poem in New York City while riding a subway through the busy city. It's really quite something to contemplate and again to frequent because they're in the midst of clearly a very heterogeneous environment. Uh, I'm sure there are souls calling to God in New York City and any urban area. But there's also a lot of calls that go out that are desperate for what the world offers in terms of materialism. And yet, here he was, and he broke through that consciousness of the material realm, of material consciousness, and was in that state of samadhi. So wherever we are, and I think this is a great part of the message, Swami Kriyananda singled out this story of Jesus in Gethsemane. Certainly a very trying circumstance. He wasn't at all oblivious to what was before him. He could see, he was aware of the human drama and how it was going to play out. And yet, vanished the veils of light and shade. When Yogananda said to that 
disciple. He used to photograph pictures of him all the time. And Yogananda said, let me go into samadhi. And just like that, he left the realm of matter. He left the realm of the world, whatever circumstance, and went into that state. The act of surrender is an act deeply deeply linked (laughs) to the divine will within us. Swami Kriyananda said, divine will is in harmony with every level of reality. And so in every level of reality, we need to rise to that state of consciousness which is in tune with the divine will, not the egoic will, not our desires, our plans, our perceptions, but the divine will. A few years ago, Ananta and I had the opportunity to spend some time with uh, Ophelia Sanchez, the mother of one of our members, Irene. And many years ago, decades ago, she was uh, spent more time here at the village visiting her children, uh, grandchildren. And on this particular occasion, she had, uh, she had just previously uh, injured her knee very badly. And then if that wasn't enough, on top of that, her ankle. So she was sitting just one morning and praying to God. Uh, she worshipped God in the form of Jesus Christ, but certainly not exclusively. And she was praying, and Yogananda came to her, and her ankle was fully healed. It was a very problematic situation. It was a very serious situation. And it hadn't been healing or showing signs of healing but it was completely well. And she said to him, do you appear here often? Do you come here often? And he said, I am always here. I am always here. Not just at Ananda village, not just at Ananda wherever around the world, but wherever the devotee is wherever the sincere heart is, wherever the open offering heart and life are, the masters are there. Yogananda is here. And so are we aware of that? Are we open to that? Are we constantly trying to make that connection and refine our egoic will, so that it becomes one with the divine will. You know, the life that we live is none other in reality than the life which God is living through us. That's what we're trying to connect with. That's what we're trying to attune to. And if you look at the life, obviously, of Jesus and this circumstance in Gethsemane in which he knows he can see the future, he can see the program, he knows the script. 
it's unlikely that we're going to have in this incarnation a test of that proportion. However, <laughs> however, if our goal is to relinquish the ego, we can pretty much count on it getting a little nitty gritty at some point. You know, really hitting the wall because the ego is not going to easily relinquish that, even if it's what we so desire. There's going to be a battle there. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be what we lovingly call a spiritual test, a big one. And we're going to need to meet that. And Swami Kriyananda so beautifully makes the connection. Because if we look at what Jesus is about to go through, that's a leap, okay? That's a big leap in consciousness. But he makes that connection. He pulls it back to the very relevant, the very practical, the very thing that is going to bridge that gap of relinquishing the egoic will, offering it in, to the divine will. And he says simply, say yes to life. Get into the flow of saying yes to life and praying to be in tune with that will, to be a part of that will, to be an expression for that will. Years ago, Anant and I had a couple days off and we drove to Yosemite. And somewhere on the way, Quite out of character, I assure you. I said, let's climb Half Dome. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know where that came from. <laughs> it came from God. There's no way I, I would have gone there. I had no plan. It wasn't on any, any to-do list that I had or had ever even considered. And he looked at me with some <laughs> wonder. We got there very late at night set up our tent the next morning, threw the food we had into the pack, and set out. This is a long hike to do in a day from the valley floor. It's, it's somewhere around 17 miles or something, I think. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but we set out. We had had World Brotherhood Day the night before. We had this leftover Indian food. We were, we were on some other plane, evidently. It was a great event. And so we charged up the mountain, and we got to the base and started up. There's this pile of gloves there for the next person, and a cable slats across a slick, glacial, smooth surface, and we started going up. And by then, it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Thunderclouds assembling. They tell you, don't go there if you hear thunder, if you see lightning. And about 30 feet up, I just froze. And I looked to my right, I looked to my left. You know, tens of thousands of people climb Half Dome. But it is dangerous. People do die. And I just froze. And I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing here? <laughs> How did I get here? And I just, I couldn't go on. And I told, I said, Ananta, go, keep going. He said, What's the problem? Just keep going. <laughs> and I turned around 
and I went back. It took all my energy and presence of mind to get down. And I sat at the base, and I just thought, Master, what are you doing? You know, I don't want to do this of my own will. Is this my will? Is this my ego? Do I need to do this? Do I need to prove something here? What is this about? Because I'm only here for you. And we had this conversation, and I said, you know, am I supposed to do this? Do you want me to do this? And it wasn't like I got a, yes, get on up there. <laughs> but peace enveloped me, and I, my calmness resumed, and I just knew it was okay. It was okay. I had Guru's blessing. This wasn't some whimsical thing I had thought of, something I had to prove to the world. And so I started out on my own and went to the top, met Anant up there. Thunder and lightning started to do its thing. We didn't stay very long. We came down. We didn't get down till to the valley floor. It was about 10 at night. The last couple hours we were with a flashlight on very uneven terrain. But there it was. And what it was about for me was just that constant surrender to be in tune with divine will. In our daily lives, if we're not building upon that in our everyday lives, it doesn't have to be a big thing or a dramatic thing, but if we're not building upon that, we won't attract, because it is attraction that brings to us and the love of God the tests that we need to fully relinquish this limited human ego. And so it's a constant practice of saying yes, of doing more than we think we can do, of looking for the challenges that are going to exercise us in that aspect, in that way. When the community was founded, the Ananda community in Sacramento, we had a big project ahead of us getting ready that property to a place that reflected the life and the beauty of discipleship. And one area that we had to work on very early was the area of the pool. It's at the end of what is a cul-de-sac. And that pool, it's not a big pool, but it was completely surrounded by cement. Very unattractive. And then, to make matters worse, there was this huge, big barbecue, is all we could think of, but it was about 15 feet of cinder block, this high and about five feet wide, just this monstrosity of more cement. And we didn't want it there. We wanted, it was all about making it beautiful, making it a place for the spiritual life. And so we thought, what are we going to do? And the road ends considerably before the pool, and there is landscape there and trees. There is this kind of beautiful landscape and ornamentals and chain link fence. And, you know, we would have had to take it all out to get a truck in there. And we thought, well, we've got people, we've got devotees, we have energy, we can do this. And so a few of the guys went out there to see what we were going to have to deal with. And they got jackhammers, and they checked about three different spots. And it was about six inches deep. 
And they thought, we can do it. We can do it. And got a dump truck that would hold seven tons of concrete, broken up concrete. And we had, it was right about the time of Rajasi Day, which is an annual celebration of the life of Rajasi Janakananda. And we thought, let's get all of us together and do this project. And so the guys were out there busting up with uh, jackhammers, all of this cement. Well, what they found out was that most of the areas were two feet deep in cement. <laughs> Evidently, they had brought the cement in there and just poured to bring it all up to level. <laughs> two feet deep cement. We had probably three wheelbarrows. And we formed this human chain. And all day, except for lunch, we just stood next to each other. And we, we got it in our consciousness. Master's giving us this piece of cement. And we're giving it to all of our gurus. And we just stood there all day like this, moving cement. And we finished it. It was unbelievable. It was miraculous. And this one devotee, she came forward. She's a legal secretary for the state of California. She never does anything physical. She's never outdoors. She's always at her desk. And she came up beaming. And she said, this is the greatest thing. I have had so much fun. I feel so much energy. Can we do it again? <laughs> we were like, no way. <laughs> but when we can find that consciousness within ourselves in daily life and just say, I can do this. I, can, I have more energy than I know of. And to see that through, to follow that through, and to even look for those circumstances that are really going to push us out, maybe not to the edge, but a little closer in that direction, so that we get used to that consciousness. Someone uh, at her satsang the other night on Patanjali shared, Swamiji said, I've been doing this a long time. And we exercise that muscle. We exercise that ability, that consciousness. And there we are. There we are. We're in tune with that vibration. We've busted out of that little box of limitation and maya. And we're closer and even on that state of consciousness which is the consciousness of the masters. It's easy to look at that story of Gethsemane and go right to the disciples. Mm -hmm. They blew it. They fell asleep. And how many times have we fallen asleep, not quite heard what the teacher is saying, haven't quite heard what the guru is telling us, didn't quite get it right with our guru bias. It's so easy to go there because there is still this ego we're wading through. There are still these points that needed to be fine-tuned and refined. But what Swamiji did was pick this reading up by the example of Jesus. 
He didn't get caught up in a teaching, delivering a teaching, a sermon to the disciples. You know, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. That's all he said, and he said it with love. And then he just did what he needed to do. He got inside and attuned to the divine will and to his life centered in that reality and ability to say yes, whatever it is, whatever is happening. Years ago at the end of Swamiji's life, he still hadn't written yet the Bhagavad Gita commentary. And he knew he was destined to write this. His guru had asked him, had worked with him side by side on this project, and yet so many years had gone by. And a part of him felt unequal to the task, and he'd no longer had access to the original manuscript. And so he wondered, and it even troubled him a little bit, how am I going to do this? When am I going to do this? And one night he had a dream, and Yogananda came to him. And he explained to Yogananda the problem. How can I do this? I don't have access to your commentary. How can I write what you have asked me to do? And Yogananda said to him, don't leave out the possibility of a skylight. (laughs) Swaviji didn't know what that meant. A skylight? He was enthused. He was encouraged. He thought, maybe this can happen in the little time I have left. But he didn't know how. And finally, he just thought, well, I could at least just start writing and see what happens. And he started to write. And it just came through purely, entirely, just as he remembered it. He said, not word for word, but content for content. Yogananda gave him that ability and that clarity and that exactness of interpretation, just as when he was side by side with Yogananda. It's over 600 pages. There's over 700 slokas that he distilled into a living, vibrant commentary, but more importantly than that, teaching. Because of a lifetime of simply saying yes. Yes to God. Yes to Guru. And finding in his heart a way to do that, which isn't always easy. Because we've been so focused on the life of Lahiri Mahashai this week, I wanted to share one story about his life. And a disciple was coming to him for initiation. And when he arrived to see Lahiri, Lahiri welcomed him. But he said, why didn't you go and make an offering at the temple to Shiva? You need to do that. And the man said, but I've come to you for initiation. And he said, go to the temple. And the disciple went there and prayed deeply to God. 
And some time went by. And when he came out of that meditation, when he opened his eyes, sitting in front of him was no longer the statue of Shiva, but Lahiri Mahashai. When we open up to the divine will, when we really try to seek to the best of our ability attunement with that reality, that reality comes to us. That reality merges with our consciousness. We merge with that consciousness. Our effort, our yes, is a door open onto that reality. And so divine will is achieved by developing our own willpower and going deep in that, becoming strong in that, saying yes, expanding what we are able to do and be an instrument for and asking to be one with that divine reality, with that divine consciousness. That's how we get to the place where Jesus was in that instant, fully open to the divine will because having lived a life, a life of simply saying yes to God. So I wanted to close with an affirmation together. And this is an affirmation that Swami Kriyananda gives for developing uh, willpower within ourselves. And he asks us to focus at the point between the eyebrows and to hold very strongly there the thought of an intense, increasingly intense will power, power of the will. So center that thought at the spiritual eye. And then let's do this affirmation responsibly. My will is one with thy will. My will is one with thy will. United to thine. United to thine. My will can move mountains. My will can move mountains. My will is one with thy will. United to thine, my will can move mountains. My will is one with thy will. United to thine, my will can move mountains. And now mentally, my will is one with thy will. United to thine, my will can move.